Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Very familiar passage. Romans chapter 8. If you pray for me, I'll preach. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Very familiar passage. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Just look at verse 31 for me. And what shall we say? If God is for us, who shall be against us? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. it's going to work out. That's what I want to talk about today. It's going to work out. Uh, It's amazing because sometimes we don't believe it's going to work out. (laughs) Let's just tell the truth. Sometimes the way situations are turning out in our lives, it looks impossible. Waiting for your breakthrough can be difficult. Uh, But failure does not consist in stumbling and falling. Failure is staying down and never getting back up. It's amazing because throughout this journey, you will find that many believers struggle with with the period and the seasons of suffering. Many of us want, we want things and we know that things are going to turn out better later. But in the midst of what we're going through, it seems like it's an impossibility. Do I have anybody? I believe that a lot of Christians assess their presence, their present situation in light of their situation. Not in light of the one who's in control of the situation. Do I have anybody? Many of us panic. Many of us uh, throw in the towel. Many of us feel as if, for some reason, life will always be this way. But I want to encourage you today to let you know that we serve a God that sits high and looks low. We serve a God that's intimately acquainted with all of us. Before a word is in your mouth, he knows it. The Bible says before you, whatever you think, he knows it. In your mother's, in your mother's womb, he formed you. He created you and he knew you. Amen. And he still knows you. But life can cause us to forget who's in control. So I just have a few reminders today of what we ought to remember when we use the phrase, it's going to work out. We find in chapter 7 of Romans that Paul writes about the struggle in the flesh. I was talking to somebody, talking to my daughter today, and, and, and she was saying, man, I, when we want to do good, 
He says, uh, you know, I, I desire to do good, but it's, come on, but it seems as if, if the more I desire to do good, the more I'm drawn to do bad. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And, and, and it's situations like that can ca- that can cause you to believe that you're stuck where you are. That, that you'll never change, that you'll always be the same. But, but I got good news for you today. I got good news for you. I got good news for you. I believe that it's going to work out. I believe that we serve a God, hallelujah, that's powerful. In chapter 7, Paul lays this out. But in chapter 8, he begins by telling us something. And he, he says something right at the beginning of chapter 8 to help us not to stay stuck in the in our failures not to stay stuck in the in the mishaps that we've had some of us we've had some missteps as a believer yeah we've messed some stuff up but but, but Paul gave, gave us something in chapter 1 verse 1 of chapter 8 he says for there is therefore now no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, listen, yeah, I may have messed up last week. I may have given in to the flesh. I may have done some things that I should not have done, but thank God that he does not condemn me. Thank God that he doesn't put me in the reject pile again. Come on, somebody. Amen. That I am somebody in Jesus Christ. That Christ, amen, he helps me. He does not condemn me. Do I have anybody? He goes on to talk about after you understand that there's no condemnation, he begins to lay out a case to let, let us know this, that no matter how far you've fallen, you still have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And he says, and he goes through the list. He starts off in verse 1 and he talks about the liberty in the Spirit. In verse 2, he talks about the law of the Spirit. Amen. In verse 4, he talks about walking in the Spirit. I'm going to help you in a minute. See, the reason why we don't think things are going to work out is because we're not living, hello somebody, we're not in tune with the who? With the Spirit. See, and we start looking at our situation from an outward perspective, from an external perspective, Benny, and what we stop, what we have, what we're not paying attention to is the fact that the Spirit sees differently than the flesh. Do I have anybody? Do I have anybody? Because he tells us, he says, for those who are according, verse 5, he says, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the what? On the thing. See, the reason why I don't see it working out right now is because of where my mind is. And my mind is on the flesh. My mind is not on the spirit, realizing that it will work out for my good. Do I have anybody? He says, for the mind set on the flesh is death. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that we can be in church all our lives? We can praise God. We had a worship experience here today. And you can get in your car and you can go right back to thinking that it's not going to work out for you. Do I have anybody? Listen, you can go back to thinking, watch this, deadly thoughts. For the mind set on the flesh is death. 
but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So where I put my mind and how I think about my situation affects where I'm going. Do I have anybody? Some of us could have been delivered a long time ago. Do I have anybody? But, but all we think, we think, you ready? Oh, should I say it? We think negative. Seriously, all we think is negative. We're like, man, it's not going to work out. But you have somebody in you. And he's called the Holy Spirit. And, he's, and Paul says, if you live understanding that the Spirit of God is in you and you set your mind on the right thing, he says, you're going to see your way out. Do I have anybody? <laughs> he says, your mind places you in, in that position. That's what he says. He says, verse 7, he says, here's the problem. See, I want God to work it out, but I can't be hostile towards God in my thinking and believe that God is going to work, work things out for me. Look what he said in verse 7. He said, because the mind, I'm just reading the Bible. He said, because the mind set on the what? Is what? No, it's hostile towards God. Read your Bible. <laughs> it's hostile towards who? T -t towards who? So how can I praise the same God that I have hostility with? Listen, it's not that you're not saved, it's that you're not thinking right. Hello. You, you, you're not, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to take the lead. We're not being filled with the Spirit. We're not walking in the Spirit. So what we see is all negative. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. In verse 9, he says, you got to dwell in the Spirit. He said, look at verse 9. He says, however, you are not in the flesh. I love that word, however. See, I believe we have to recognize who we are. I'm going to get to my points here in a minute. He says, however, you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh. But in the what? But in the what? But in the spirit. You are in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, I'm in the spirit now. Amen. Just for a few minutes. <laughs> Just for a few minutes. Watch this. Till the next thing comes. Amen. But but remember, the spirit is permanently in you. This is not something you turn on and turn off tomorrow. You have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And the life you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you. Hallelujah. And gave himself a... See, this stuff can be handled real easily. But we have to understand what it means to dwell in the spirit. That, that the fact that you have the spirit in you. Look what he said. You know what I realized? I cannot approach issues if I'm in the flesh. You know why? I cuss. I blow up. Come, come, come let me get close to you right quick. Let me come down here and get close to you today. Amen. So for real, for real. I respond in such a way, right? Because I'm not in the what? I'm not in the spirit. And, and, and remember, the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Now, the reason why he uses that illustration, because, because it, it, it is the picture of being controlled by a substance. Do I have anybody? <laughs> Liz knew where I was going. I changed my I changed my words there. 
is being controlled by what? A foreign substance. Now, you know what you like when you drink Bacardi, right? Jim Beam, uh, Wild Turkey, Jack Daniels. There you go, Jack, Jack. <laughs> Somebody like, I have a good time. Somebody got uncomfortable there just now. They're like, how you know, Pastor? How you know? How you know? How you know? How you know? I know, I know. Amen. But when you're controlled by that substance, right? Some of us get liquid courage. We go karaoke in and we listen, we say what we really want to say. You know, I'm finna tear my wife off now. You know, take you know what I mean? You you yeah, you know when you're filled with that stuff, it gives you liquid courage. So he says, if when you're filled with the spirit now, come on somebody. Come on, y'all. When you're filled with the Spirit now, you can say, come on, somebody. You can speak. You can believe. You can praise God. Listen, I, I, sometimes I'm sitting in worship. I'm like, are they, what are they filled with? Because let me tell you something. When you're filled with the Spirit, you got joy. You got peace. You got long suffering. Come on, somebody. You suffer long. Hallelujah to his holy name. You got kindness. Amen. And so, but you're so filled with the spirit that you're controlled by it. By him. Not it. Him. Amen. Look what he said. Look what he said. Look what he said. Verse 13. He said, now, hold on now. Let me just help you with something. He says, if, 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 he says, verse 13, he says, if you're living according to the what? Mm-hmm. You must what? I'm going to leave that alone. But if by the spirit you're what? Putting to death. See, this is the thing, y'all. We, you, listen, some of you, some of us want to change. All you got to do is put to death the flesh. Problem solved. But watch this. I want God to work it out. I want things to work out, but you cannot see if it's going to work out if you're looking through the lens of the flesh. Amen. And 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 and, and let me show you something. Go to go to go to go to go to verse 26. Fast forward the story. Look what he said in verse 26. I love this. I love this. I love this chapter. I love it. He says, in the same way, I left some stuff out. The Spirit also helps. Come on, y'all. We all got some weaknesses in this room. Am I right? How many of you struggling? With something. But he says, the Spirit, Benny, it's the Spirit. It's not, it's not me, ooh, let me positively think today. No, it's the Spirit of God, watch this, that helps with our what? Because there are times when I'm trying to see a way out. Come on, somebody. There are times when my circumstance looks difficult. When it seems like stuff is not going to work out. Watch this. And I can't even pray. 
You know how long I've been praying for deliverance? Come on, somebody. You know how long I've been praying for freedom? You know how long I've been praying over this child? Do you know how long I've been praying over this situation? Do you know how long I've been asking God? And guess what? I can't get the prayer through. But he says, if you stay in the spirit, if you stay in the spirit, if you're filled with the spirit, he says, the spirit of God helps in my weakness because when I'm weak, I don't even want to pray. And then if I do pray, come on somebody, it ain't that kind of prayer. It's one of them, all right, God, all right, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, right, yeah. You know, I'm tired of this. So I'm saying, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> come on, y'all. He said, but he says, for when we do not know, look what he says. Now he's talking to the believer. The believer who knows how to pray, but just cannot pray. Why? Because this situation that I'm in right now has caused me to believe that it's never going to work out. Do I have a witness? He says the spirit prays. He says, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with what? With groanings too deep for words. So if you think you're grieving over your situation, you got somebody in you that care more about you that can bring your prayer request before God and God can work it out for you. Do I have anybody? Verse 27, he says, and he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You got the context. Amen. And look what he goes into, verse 28. He says, now, when I said all that, he said, now, 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 can I ask you something? Why do we not believe? that things are going to work out at times. Why? Why? It's going to work out, but the question is, how do you know that? I just told you, you got some prerequisites before, right? Your presupposition is, you know what? I'm not going to let this fool, I'm not going to let this person get me out of the spirit. I'm going to stay in the spirit I'm going to rely on the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to produce fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to patiently wait on God because I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 40. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Watch this. And he inclined and heard my prayer. He says, in my waiting, I was praying. Because he says he inclined and heard my prayer. He wasn't waiting and complaining. He was waiting and praying. So then he goes on to say in verse 28, he says, now, now we know. Now we know. We know. Come on, I wish I had some people who know. Some of you done live long enough now. I'm like... I'm not going to make a judgment by, by, by your age. I'm just going to say, when I look around, I got a few people in here who know some stuff. Huh? Do I have anybody here know some stuff? No, come on now. Don't fool me now. Do I have some people here that know? That I'm talking about we know. 
Now, now watch this now. The beauty about this we, it's exclusive <laughs> to those who have the spirit. Now, if I was talking to some unbelievers now, <laughs> I, I, I would expect them to be quiet. But he says, and we know. So what's the first thing? First thing we got to understand or remember. First thing you got to remember, remember all that God has already done for you. In other words, go into your faith file and pull out. Come on, somebody. Based on what you're going through right now, I want you to go into the faith file. Go into the letter B and pull out blessings. Come on, somebody. Pull it out. Pull it out right quick and ask yourself a question. What do you know? <laughs> because I got a few folk here been through some stuff. Come on, somebody. You had hit rock bottom. You thought you weren't going to get out of that hospital. You thought you weren't going to get out of that situation. You thought you weren't going to make it, but yet God has been good to you. And you know something that the, the person who has no faith and no spirit don't know. You know something. Come on, we can shout about this. Go back, remember all that God has already done for you. And that's where you begin to hold on just a little while longer. Tell your neighbor, I got a faith file. And I'm going to go back in that faith file. And I'm going to pull up some stuff. I remember when I was unhirable. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I remember when I lied on my resume. Come on, somebody. I had to lie to get a job. But now I walk in and I can get me a job. I remember when I was broke. Come on, somebody. I remember when I couldn't pay attention. I remember when I was addicted. I remember when I was down and out. Somebody going to test. I'm trying to cover every area here. Amen. I remember when I couldn't get along with my spouse, but now we got a happy relationship. We got a blessed relationship. But I remember when. I wish I had somebody. He said, we know. You know what that word means? That word means that you've seen it, but you appreciate it. See, what happens to the, what happened to the children of Israel was they received the blessings, but they never appreciated it. It has the idea of knowing with an appreciation, but with gratitude that you're not where you used to be. Do I have anybody? Look, look, look at this. Look at this. The root word for this word, no, has the idea of belonging to a house or a family. I'm trying to help somebody. See, I no longer belong to the devil. See, I'm part of a new family now. I'm talking about the family of God. And because of who I'm connected to and because of the household that I am part of now, come on somebody, I can rejoice. I know that what I'm going through right now is to make me better. Because the last thing I went through, it made me better. It wasn't for my demise or my destruction it was for my good look back at the last thing you went through 
Think of a minute. And look at where you are now. Now here's the thing. Some of us don't learn now. Are you better? Or are you bitter? Are you better? Or are you bitter? So go back and remember what he's already done for you. Does that make sense? He said, we know. I find it interesting that he just drops it out right there like, and we know. We know what? What do we know? We know that what? The what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to stop right there. You know, this has the idea of God is the first cause of everything. Watch this. He is the beginning and the end. You've heard that before. He's Alpha and Omega. Come on, somebody. He's the first cause of everything. Watch this now. But when I'm going through, I forget what I know. Come on, y'all. I forget that I was just in church, but I forget who's in control of everything. I forget for some reason. So the next thing is, you got to remember, is remember... God causes, listen, God is the first cause of everything. First, he is the cause of everything. And second, he is the cause of everything. And third, he's the cause of everything. And fourth, he's the cause. Listen, there is a God. And and here's what's so beautiful about this God. He sits in eternity. He is pure actuality. With no potentiality. You know what that means? That means God doesn't have potential. God doesn't need to grow. God doesn't need to learn anything else. But he exists in eternity. Watch this. This is how he can control everything. Because he's sovereign. In other words, he reigns over everything. In other words, he has all control. Do I have somebody? Listen, he controls your finances. He controls everything. Do you hear me? I said everything. And if he so chooses not to hit your alarm clock in the morning, we wouldn't be rejoicing over you today. We'd miss you. Hallelujah to you. So we will shed a few tears for you, but we've got to understand God is in control of that. Do I have anybody? He sits in eternity. He looks down the corridor of time. God created time for man. We live in time. And the beauty of it is that God can see down the corridor of time. So guess what? He knows what's going to happen to you next. He knows what's waiting for you around the corner. That's why when you're in tune with the spirit, the spirit will say, nah, don't go that way. Go this way. And then you go this way and you find out someone just got into a major wreck. On, Come on, somebody. S- somebody just gets robbed over on this side right here. But you went this way. The, the Spirit of God led you. Come on, somebody. The Spirit of God directed you. And that's how God keeps up with us through the Spirit. Y'all with me? Remember who's in control. He causes, he causes what? All things. All things to do what? Now that word, that word means, that word work together means synergism. 
It means that he takes two parts that's opposite. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Two things that are opposite of each other. Watch this now. What the devil meant for evil. Oh, come on, somebody. What the devil was trying to use to destroy you. God said, uh-huh, uh-huh, let, bring it. Bring it on. He says he causes all things. That word synergism. And he brings them together. Come on, somebody. And it turns out for your good. Do I have anybody? In other words, God is in so much control that whatever the devil throws at us. Oh, I wish I had you, y'all. He can take it. And what seems so hard for you, if you let go and let God, he'll take care. Tell your neighbor, take your hands off of it. Get your hands off the steering wheel. And listen, you you know, God's car, like, like one of them Google cars, you know, just sit there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Just take your hands off the steering wheel. Close your eyes. And watch him work. Tell your neighbor, watch him work. Tell your neighbor, watch God work through this. Tell your neighbor, watch God work through this right now that I'm going through. Watch God, listen, and I'm looking for a testimony here real soon. Watch God work through this. You know why? Give me the next thing. Because you got to remember this. Now, I know you know this. This is very practical preaching. But this is stuff we forget along the way. There's nothing. Name it. Just name it. You, you, know, what, you know what the idea of synergism also means in, the, in, in this language? It, it, it means to become co-workers. You ever work with a difficult person? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Somebody say, yeah, I shoot every day. But, but watch this. Watch this, though. Watch this, though. Even though you're working with a difficult person, the job is what? Tell your neighbor, that's synergism. <laughs> you, you don't have to like the person. But you're getting the what? <laughs> the job is getting what? Done. And that's how God does it. Without trials, we wouldn't appreciate blessings. Are you with me? Without difficulties, right? We could not appreciate where we are today. And guess what? We wouldn't need God. So that's the reason why God is stepping in. Watch this. And he's taking them bad stuff. The stuff that you're dealing with right now. And he's causing it to co-labor. He's causing them, watch this, to be fellow workers. And it's going to work out for you. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. He says he caused all things to work together. For what? For what? Good. Now, I don't know about you. But some of the stuff I'm going through right now, I don't see no good in it. But I thank God that he's in control. Because what you don't see. 
I said what you don't see, God already sees. Because he's all-knowing. Come on, somebody. He's all-seeing. He's everywhere at the same time. Do I have anybody? And what I'm going through right now, God already sees the end. And it's going to turn out for my good. Tell your neighbor, high-five your neighbor and say, it's going to turn out for my good. My good. Notice what he says, and it will turn out for good. Are you with me? Next thing you got to remember is this. Remember this, and you got to remember this. See, because sometimes we get in this pity party mode. Okay, I got two minutes and two seconds. Watch this. We, we get into this pity party mode, and we say that God is... Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what we be doing, y'all. But the God is. Let me help. Let me help you something with an attribute of God. God is a God that cannot lie. God is a God that cannot lie. It's not in His nature to lie. Here's the other thing you need to know about God. God, and I told you this last week, God is faithful to his promise. Now, I want to tell you something. Right here, you as a believer with the spirit in you, claim that promise. God, it does not look, I, look let, let me not, let me stop looking at the way I want to look at it. Give me the vision of how you want me to see it so that I can hold on to that because you're a God that never lies. You're a God that keeps your promise. Amen. And here's the other thing about God you need to know. Another attribute about God you need to know. He's faithful. So God doesn't lie. God keeps his promise. And God is what? Now who would not believe in a God like that? Who would not believe in a God like that? I don't know about them other gods. Come on, somebody. Some of us have served some of those gods. Remember? I'm talking about the God of the casino. How'd that work out? The God of the lottery. How'd that work out? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. The God of claiming kids on your tax return. Trump did fix that. You understand what I'm saying? That that don't work, does it? <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hear me. <laughs> Trump fixed that problem right there. You can't, yeah, uh-huh, he capped it off on you. <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> but the God of heaven, the God of the Bible, he can be trusted. And, and, and here's the thing. Give me the next point. What's that next point? Yeah, he wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. He want, If nobody else wants the best for you, God does. And sometimes, can you imagine Job? You call this the best? Seriously? But let me tell you what God has to do with you. He got to pull some stuff out of you. And the only way to pull it out 
is to put you in the fire so you can come out. Because watch this, because you can develop a false view of yourself. So you got to go in the fire so that when you come out, you're coming out like pure gold. Because he has your best. Watch the last thing he says. He says, now this is the part, this is the part now, this is the part that, that, that let me just say this. So, 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 so if I were to say this is a promise, right? It is a promise, right? But it's what's called a conditional promise. There's a condition attached to this. You ready? Look what he says. It's going to work out. But who is it going to work out to? For. To those who what? Those who what? Those who what? Uh, uh, let, me, let me ask a question. Do you love them today? Now, come on now. Now, now, now let, me, let me ask one more time because y'all didn't respond right. Do you love them? Yeah. Now, don't start loving him now because you know he's going to work it out for you, all right? That's, see, I know there's all kinds of clauses up in here. <laughs> There's all kind of clauses up in there. I'm going to start loving God more, Pastor, where you want me. You know what I mean? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. To those who what? Love God. And what else? Those who are what? Called according. Let, 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 me, let me ask you. Are you called? And number three. Are you living according to his purpose, not what you want? Oh, boy, it got quiet. Oh, boy. <laughs> give, me the, give, me the last, give, give me the last point. Remember, when it works out, this shows what? How much. So I want you to look at what you're going through right now. If it's not working out, you got a love issue. It's not a punishment issue, as most of us may think. You have a will issue. It's possibly your will, not his will. Oh, come on, help me somebody. And here's the thing, and, 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 and what you cannot do, you can't change the condition of the promise. I wish I had somebody. You know, we're good at that, right? We change the condition, right? Well, well, well yeah, well, you know, right. But listen, when it works out, it will show, man, I'm falling in love with this man called Jesus. I, I God, not my will, Lord. Uh, not my will no more. No more what I want, God. No more what, it, tell your neighbor's going to work out. But, yeah. 
How much do you love him today? I'm saying, how much do you love him? You were called, hallelujah, for a higher purpose. You were called for more than just getting up and going and doing the nine to five. You've been called to be a world changer. Come on, somebody. You, you've been called to make a difference, amen, in the kingdom of God. You've been called for something deeper than what you, how you're living now. See, um, not too long ago, there's a man on a plane heading to a destination to do business. And as he got closer to the destination, he noticed that they were not heading down towards the runway as they had been time after time. The pilot came on and informed them that they were in a what's called a holding pattern. I wish I had somebody. They, when, when a plane goes into a holding pattern, in other words, they were circling the area. They didn't land. They were supposed to land, but they were just in a holding pattern. I'm going somewhere. Amen. They had not been given permission to land. They were told that they were going to have to wait until such a time as the control tower would give them permission to land. The man said, I remember uh, being on that plane and I became very frustrated. In fact, uh, it was in a holding pattern over which I was absolutely in no control. I, 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 he said, I, I don't mind holding patterns that I'm in control of. Come on, somebody. But if I could land the plane, it would have been good. But I was in a situation where I was not in control, but I was in a holding pattern. You see, you see, but, but when the other folks are in the cockpit, amen, and I am in the dark and in a holding pattern, that can be a frustrating position to be in. Some of you right now are in a holding pattern. You're not in control of this situation. But you got to believe that the pilot, Dr. Jesus, pilot Jesus, I wish I had somebody, is in control. Don't worry, just let go and trust and believe that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But verse 31 is where I'm going to land right here, this plane right now. And it says, and what shall we say to these things? That God causes all things to work together for the good. It says, if God, come on somebody, tell your neighbor, you need God on your side in this one. You don't need Pookie and them on this side. You, you don't need Ray Ray to get you through. You see, you, you need God on your side. Because if God be for you, If God be for you, come on, y'all. Wish me bad all you want. Wish me bad all you want. Talk about me all you want. Say all kinds of things about me. I'm this, I'm that. But if God be for me, I'm not living to please you. I'm living to please God. I love God and I'm called and I'm living according to his purpose. So if God be for me, then who can be against me?
Give God a hand clap of praise.